Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB, brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Well, hello, hello. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney. I'm Kyle Rodder, and it's uh, been a while since we've, well, you're in the driver's seat today. I'm in the passenger side, so to speak, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's been a little while that we've done it together, so it's great. And uh, well, not a bad start to the week. I think we're going to finish about 0.3% higher for the, for the CBO 200 or, or thereabouts. Not only a good start to the week, a good start to the month, no. new month of May, May the 1st. And uh, yeah, I think that there is a little bit of optimism just building because U.S. earnings season was not as bad as many had expected it to be, even in the small cap space. I had a bit of a chat with Niv Dagen from Peak Asset Management. You can listen to that online shortly. Um, and he was just saying, you know, earnings expectations, even the small cap end of the U.S. market wasn't as bad as expected. So when you combine that with, you know, potential pause coming from the RBA tomorrow, I know we'll get there. But yeah, um, there's been a bit of FOMO out there. The market's trading close to two and a half month highs. Yeah, how about that? I mean, it has been sort of thin trade, it has to be said. Uh, we have had a lot of the region on a public holiday and uh, I guess uh, that has to be taken into account. But I mean, that, that US earnings story is probably the remarkable one. We're just looking at that fact set data that gets thrown around just because it's free. Um, and <laughs> I mean, there was the estimate for a 6% contraction in earnings. It looks still looks like we're going for an earnings decline, but it'll be 2 or 3%. Mm -hmm. So. Um, not so bad and probably pointing to perhaps some resilience uh, in the US economy. And we do have Apple still to come. Mm. And it's so interesting, the timing of Apple, because of course it's right after the Fed's decision. Um, it's going to be a big one. I mean, we are expecting to see revenue decline, but still, um, you know, if it comes in like the other techs, generally speaking, I know that Amazon disappointed after the market when it talked about cloud, but yeah. I mean, the tech has really been fueling this rally so far this year. We'll see if May is any different. Um, but back to today, you're right, Carl. I mean, we had the local market, um, yeah, looking pretty sweet throughout the day, held on to most of the gains throughout the session and looks as if the S&P ASX 200 will close up by about half of 1%. Let's take a look at the SIBO Australia market if we can, just to see where it ended today. Anyhow, uh, our three themes definitely are revolving around that ASX enthusiasm, also house prices. Yeah, well in Sydney anyway, Melbourne was 0.1%. I'm sure it wasn't in the apartment complex, so that doesn't uh, You know uh, why, Kyle, me. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very selfish he yeah, is. exactly, always, but um, nevertheless, um, Increasingly, we're talking to experts in the space. I've had a you know really great. Uh, well, we had conversations with CoreLogic today. I co uh, a conversation with a, a domain last week. There's this sense that that might have been the bottom. I had a conversation with Eleanor Cray from REA Group today. All that basis. is online if you'd like to listen to it. And yeah, I mean, house prices consecutively nationally mm. have risen for four consecutive months. You know who you have to feel sorry for? Uh, renters. Yeah. You know. 
sorry, that also includes you as well. It's all about you, Kyle, really. We just designed this all around <laughs> really? you. Kyle, but um, boy, it's tough out there. And uh, Eleanor, well, you can listen to it yourself, but she doesn't reckon it's going to get any easier any time soon. No. And uh, well, we did talk before to rate expectations. I mean, not just locally here, of course, uh, throughout the globe, uh, the uh, US Federal Reserve probably will go 25. That's that's the consensus yep. call. The commentary is significant there too. But there's you know, a non-trivial risk that the ECB could go 50. 25 is the expectation. But nevertheless, uh, they've got their own inflation issues. Had a great chat actually with Sean Callow today just around the market impacts of that. The Australian dollar on a trade-weighted basis is mm-hmm. at a 14-month low. Not something that um, many folks have been talking about, but nevertheless, big. Look at the price of iron ore. Look at the price of Asian LNG. Look at the price of coking coal. Uh, and that will tell you a lot about why the Aussie is where it is. But yeah, chat with Greg Medvedev from City Index earlier this morning. I mean, we talked a lot about the risk events out there, but he reckons that the market itself has sort of forced the Fed into this hawkish hike scenario because with the FOMO, you know, that's out there right now, he just reckons that the financial markets have backed Powell into a corner. If he didn't come out with some sort of a hawkish tone, then it's off to the races again, off Mm. to the moon, I think is what he said. So yeah, there's a tight rope still being walked by these central banks. And look, uh, you know, whether or not our own central bank can afford to pause when, you know, the inflation genie is not back in the bottle, we will see. But it's it's a tough environment because, yeah, if you're the RBA and you pause and then later find yourself having to hike when other central banks who've continued to hike then pause, what happens then? Well, exactly. And uh, I mean, we'll go back to talking about it. Uh, I think mm. by the end of this week, the difference in transmission mechanisms, I think that's why the RBA is a little bit nervous because it knows it can hit, o- hit households, households over their head pretty easily. But it does bet that question in the United States. If they're targeting financial conditions and every time they look like they're going to, to pause or take a backward step, financial conditions loosen, makes their job tough. So it's a pretty invidious position to be in, of course. Yeah, and uh, I spoke with Dr. Tano Pelosi from Ontario's Capital. That, of course, will be up online. But just his assessment of also how the banks and still, uh, you know, the credit crunch that is inevitably coming, like night follows day, I think somebody said, when you get a, a tightening of monetary policy, you do st- start to see the slowdown. And the banks and the banking um, issues, not crisis, but issues in the states play into that as well. Um, but Kyle, we digress. Let's get back to some of these performing sectors here locally and look no further than utilities. That was a really great day for the utilities space. Today, AGL up 3%, a a really good day for the, uh, what do they call it, Jen Taylor there. I think uh, I heard Gags talking, uh, referring to to, to that earlier on in the day. Um, But yeah, fairly positive across the board. I mean, Meridian's a different different, uh, kettle of fish, I suppose, given, well, it's in New Zealand and it's all renewables. But um, nevertheless, Origin Up, APA Group, all all looking pretty positive Mm -hmm. in terms of utilities. The healthcare space also looking good. I'm not going to go too far into it. Oh, there's energy. Yeah, there's energy. Uh, there's healthcare. Um, ResMed, that's wrong. So we will move on from that. That company still exists. For <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I it think was hard to beat. Uh, but CSL, back above 300 mm-hmm. bucks. I didn't notice oh, yeah. until we did the leaders and leaders and laggards today that, uh, that that was the case. But um, mining, still in focus, actually quite mixed today, despite the fact that we have had, I guess, um, uh, some softness coming through the iron ore uh, price recently. And interestingly enough, too, our gold miners were probably the sector overall or the subgroup of the market that have been the worst performing. Just a bit of news from Fortescue saying that Iron Bridge has begun high grade, excuse me, magnetite production. So the first run coming through there, greater than 68% FE. So um, further update from the company 
on that Iron Bridge project. Um, but yeah, it was the worst performing sector overall when you've got BHP down significantly, South 32, and as you said, those gold miners, uh, the material space was what weighed on the market. Um, as far as corporate news, we showed you Origin. It had an earnings upgrade coming through Transurban Investor Day, updating on its distribution, not QBE, that should be Cube Logistics. Um, and Adore Beauty I put on the list because, yeah, it's come out with a trading update. Just think this is such a poor story. Um, you know, active customers down, revenue down in the quarter. Um, it's founding, uh, you know, founding founders have both decided to leave the business. They were in part-time executive roles. They say they won't sell. They don't currently have intentions to sell their shares. But yeah, that wasn't a good update. And the company is looking to cut costs. It's working through its long-term strategic uh, goals and uh, plan. It's just a pretty bad story. And then you've got a, an offer on the table for Best in Less. Oh, there we go. I, uh, I wasn't across that necessarily uh, today. Maybe what was what was that offer? What was what was going on? It there? is from one of their current shareholders and another group. And I believe the offer is for a dollar eighty nine per share. Um, and so we'll watch to see how that one ev uh, eventuates because we have been told, you know, by some analysts, Grady Wolf from um, the team at Bell Potter comes to mind saying that, you know, Best and Less might have uh, a little bit more resilience in these more difficult economic times as people tighten their wallets and, you know, trade down for more value options. But I've also heard, you know, some say uh, the exact opposite when it comes to Best and Less as well. Um, speaking of the retailers, had a conversation with Harry Watt, Harrison uh -huh. Watt from Sean Partners and Market Matters today about the staples versus the retailers in light of the RBA and the consumers. So that's online and it's also available in the COB newsletter version. Yeah, beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a big uh, discussion point, actually, the resilience of the consumer plays and goes back to what we were talking about in the States. Had a great conversation today. Did you know that the earnings, aggregate earnings for consumer discretionary stocks is up 50% on Wall Street? Again, another sign no. of resilience. And the ASX 200's consumer discretionary sector is still at the top of the pops when it comes to performance in the four months of this year. So, hey, so far so good. Those are my party fun facts. Thank you for this week, pal. Glad party. I'm hosting this today. <laughs> uh, look, the stock of the day today was ResMed. And I think it, well, I asked our viewers what, what they'd like as the stock of the day on the call. And so this is what they came up with, but for good reason. Uh, the quarterly report, as you know, was released on Friday. Um, but it was a very tepid reaction to what many describe as a very strong report. In fact, all the brokers are pretty positive on this one. And Wilson said, that it just is, it's like short-termism on the stock, bemoaning the gross margin impact of success, misses the point of what's happening in the sleep market over the past 12 months. So the share price today was the best performer. It's up by 6.3%. Let's listen in to what our guests had to say. Both the top line numbers were actually better than expected, so I think the market's looking past those margins and going, well, we, we you know we can see down the track that, that those margins could improve. So um, look, we like the stock. I'm happy buying the stock. Need to have a closer look at the numbers after a six percent rise, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're we're very positive on the company. It's a great stock, and um, it does give you opportunities to buy it at lower prices. So if you don't own it now, certainly keep it on the watch list um, because when it does pull back, you know it's a fantastic business for the long run. Well, we've been we've been buying a pretty um we've been you know pretty positive on it in the lead up. So I don't think we'd be we'd be calling it a buy right now. But like I mentioned, you know, 
this stock will give you an opportunity to, to get in at, at a cheaper price um, because it's not you know a six month story. It's a it's a an industry with a very long term tailwind, uh, and they're they're very clearly the industry leader. And I think that Phillips recall story will probably um, take longer than than most people have expected, and it's actually been delayed you know multiple times now. So uh, that's that's it's a story that will have growth for for many many years. Okay, so overall pretty positive there, of course. Just wanted to add to, um, considering we did have Francesco Destratus on, Ormanet, um, brokers there upgraded the stock mm-hmm. today to an accumulate from a hold. So um, again, it was a bit of a slow burn, those results perhaps, but seemingly uh, flowing through into the market now. Yep, and so that was a double buy. It will not be going to the investment committee this month because, of course, we're bringing you the new edition tomorrow just after this program, 4.15. Stay with us. You'll be able to watch and hear what the investment committee has decided to do with all of those double buys, double sells from the month of April. Tomorrow's going to be a big day, isn't yep. it? Um, so uh, will the RBA come out with a, a hawkish pause? Will it be a dovish hike or i don't know uh let's find out what the team at etoro is thinking josh gilbert is joining us now live josh look um equity investors of all stripes will be very tuned into what goes on at 2 30 tomorrow agree absolutely yeah um look i think it's going to be you know the focal point for for the week obviously all all eyes go back to obviously the inflation data that, that came through last week came in, you know, slightly, you know, hotter than expected at seven percent. Um, but it obviously did show that, that inflation had peaked. Um, then we obviously had trimmed min, uh, trimmed mean inflation came in below expectations at um, six point six percent as well. I think for for me, I don't think the reading offered any surprises uh, really, and, and didn't really sort of change anything to the upside. I think for all the RBA to sort of reconsider hiking again. Ultimately, they paused in order to you know, monitor this market, to monitor the lags of obviously their monetary policy. And, and given that, you know, I don't think anything has significantly changed, I'd be surprised to see them hike again. Um, I think the market would certainly be surprised to see them hike. Uh, you know, it's ultimately heavily priced in at this point. Um, you know, another pause. Having said that, I do think though that that another hike can't be ruled out. Um, you know, inflation is, is still still really strong. Um, I think you know one look overseas can show that inflation you know it isn't an easy fight. Um, it isn't coming down as, as quickly as you know some central banks would have hoped. Uh, and I think that's something the RBA has to consider. I think the markets expect only a ten percent chance of a hike tomorrow. I'd probably put that more around about sort of 30, 40 percent. I still think they will pause, but I think there'll be a, a big conversation. Markets do think this is the peak of, of interest rates as well. Um, but the bottom line here is, is ultimately um, that if if they do hike, then then it will shock the market because you know they are pricing in uh, in a pause, which is as I say, what I think they'll deliver. Which takes us naturally too to the Fed on Thursday morning. Expectations are for a 25 basis point hike, but again, it's about that commentary and whether well we get. Uh, happy Jerome um, and leaves the door open to, to cuts or, or, or angry Jerome and he tries to slap market participants down. I mean, what are you sort of watching for out of that event? Yeah, look, I, I, think, they'll, I think they'll hand down one more sort of final insurance hike. Um, I think obviously the, the banking issues, especially over the last few days, I think will will throw up um, the possibility for a pause. We'll, we'll obviously add question marks. 
Um, I think I think he will will hike and and I think he will will probably stay hawkish in the sense that you know that, that he'll reiterate that he doesn't expect uh, any rate cuts this year. You know, markets have I think are pricing in about two rate cuts for the U.S. this year. So I think his hawkish tone will, will be to sort of reiterate um, that that he doesn't expect uh, you know cuts this year because as I think you know quite a few uh, guests that you've had come on the show have, have said so far today uh, and over the last week is that the markets you know have got ahead of themselves and I think. That's obviously been helped with a stronger than sort of expected earnings season, a resilient earnings season so far. Obviously, we're only halfway through, um, but markets, uh, you know, are, are still trending, uh, you know, much higher, continue to, to move higher. Consumer confidence um, is is sort of gaining. So, um, you know, I, I think he'll, he'll sort of stay on that front foot. I think he'll deliver another hike. Um, and, and again, just, just like I said, with sort of, you know, Australian inflation, it is still pretty high. You know, the banking issues have help the Fed in terms of that tighter liquidity, slowing loan growth. Um, obviously, inflation is expected to fall faster as a result. But I think they'll just deliver that one more uh, you know, insurance hike because it's much easier to tighten now and to pause and have to re-tighten down the line. Hey, Josh, what about Apple's results? That is going to be interesting, isn't it? Particularly uh, as, as you know, the scene setter that's come from the other top tech names. Yeah, well, look, I mean, you know, tech triumph last week, really, didn't they? It was, you know, uh, you know another resilient earnings quarter. Um, I think in terms of the expectations, again, they were pretty low coming into this earnings season, but we sort of avoided that that sort of real profit uh, slide or that profit decline that I think much of the market has maybe anticipated over time. Um, but obviously, Apple investors are you know, are, are accustomed to, to having good results. Last quarter, they didn't get that, but before that, we had eight beats, um, but before that. So they'll be expecting, you know, a decent result here. I think the worry though heading in is is gonna be obviously on that sort of computer spending slowdown. Are, you know, consumers still, you know, paying out for those big ticket items? We saw Samsung results right at the start of earnings season uh, were, were pretty poor. Um, in terms of computer spending or personal computer spending. So there's a worry over um, you know, Mac demand. But I think the focal point, of course, as usual, will be iPhone. It's obviously the primary revenue driver. I think it should be boosted by the reopening of China, given that uh, that makes up for about a fifth of its revenues. Um, and obviously, those easing supply chains from China as well should be a, a big help. We are seeing that there is probably less demand for smartphones at the moment, but I think that should be offset by, you know, Apple gaining a little bit more market share uh, as well. So I think that will be a focal point if iPhone demand can can hold up. But I would like to hear from Apple, uh, you know, on the earnings call in terms of, you know, operating expenses for the full year, margins, um, what their sort of forecasts could be for the full year as well. Um, but uh, but look, I think the way we've we've seen earnings go this week, um, I, I think the market is ultimately anticipating you know another strong beat. But I think that is needed, right? Apple shares are up thirty percent this year. So if we don't get a strong result, then you know the market is is uh, is probably not going to like it. Josh, huge week. Thanks for helping us preview it. Uh, we'll let you get back to yours. Josh Gilbert from Etoro there. Thanks, guys. Take care. See you, Josh. All right, so we have seen the US dollar sort of drifting higher in Asian trading. Um, but as you referenced, we do have some markets on holidays today. So we've got markets in the UK, we've got markets in Japan and Germany, 
all closed, but that ISM manufacturing PMI that's due in the United States, so it is showing slowing and it could, you, you know, we want to see it continue to slow. Of course, um, that would uh, be supportive of maybe a Fed that is nearing terminal rates or has reached terminal rates. But um, yeah, it would. It'll be an interesting one to see what sort of volatility that may or may not inspire. Yeah, Labor Day in Europe, so day off there. But um, like you said, that PMI survey will be significant. Expected to pick up very slightly from last month, which was at uh, 46.3. Forecast is 46.8. That price sub-index as well is going to be crucial because, of course, we're all watching those inflation pressures. Perhaps not as crucial at the moment as the services PMI survey, which we will get towards, I believe, the back end of the week. In fact, it might have and fall, uh, well, fall just before the, the, the Fed, and that's expected to stay in expansionary territory. Nevertheless, uh, we're going to be very clued into some of these data releases heading into that decision on Thursday morning our time. Tomorrow, it's all about the RBA. Tomorrow night, we hear from uh, the doctor himself. Philip Lowe will be speaking. Uh, we do get the Shaishin Manufacturing PMI in China tomorrow, but like really, none of it matters except for the RBA. We get a quarterly report from Woolworths and Evolution Mining just for good measure, but we've got plenty of fantastic guests lined up for you. We've got a, a special programming around 2.30 for our Rates Live. And uh, yeah, looking forward to breaking that down with you live. Okie dokie. Well, let's get to the leaders and laggards now. And it's probably worth mentioning that the ASX 200 has uh, closed up shot for the day and it is, um, well, uh, dropped a little bit in the post-market option, up 0.35%, but still a positive day. And as we look at those leaders now, uh, ResMed, top of the table from what I can see. And hopefully we can get that up just uh, for a visual aid. Um, at the moment, we're staring into the abyss, but um, Resmit 6.3%, uh, Lake Resources up by 5.95%, just by shy of 6%. So uh, actually a little bit of strength coming there through the lithium names once again as well. Oh, Costa Group there too, a little bit of ag. Okay, so we've got Resmed, uh, Look Origin Energy was one of the best performers as well. Um, really looking at, uh, yeah, those broker moves helping to drive that ResMed result. Um, look, let's flip the page. Let's go over to some of those market laggards. We've got Soraya Resources. So it was out with the quarterly last week, last down week. today by 12%. I had, as I said, I put a shout out for suggestions for the stock of the day. That was that was another one that came from our viewers. So clearly very tuned in to uh, sentiment out there in the market. They picked the top performer, they picked the bottom performer for the day. Mm -hmm. um, Brainship Holdings is one of those company that often moves on Nothing. very little today. <laughs> uh, all I can see is a press release, release sorry, about a podcast uh, in which Brainship discusses embracing disruptive innovations with technology leader Jeffrey Moore on This Is Our Mission podcast. Look, I dare say there's not much to that. Um, let's get to Silver Lake Resources. You mentioned it already. We had a lot of uh, selling happening in some of those gold names in particular. And Goldman Sachs has actually cut the price target on Pilbara Minerals by 2.4% to $4.10 per share. It follows UBS cutting the price target on Pilbara 
last week, even though we have seen its cash generation really exciting. Some of those bulls out there last week in the wake of its third quarter results. Yeah, and just uh, on that zero note, down 30, almost 32% in the last few days. So um, it's been uh, the worst performer in the market for the, the, the last three sessions. And uh, well, no one's buying the dip on that thing, it would it would seem. So a rough run for zero resources investors. I like taking a look at the small caps. Let's do so, shall we? These are some of the market leaders. We've got points bet. I had a good chat with Niv Dagen from Peak Asset Management, uh, up by about 20%. Uh, today, look, it's looking to offload one of its businesses, 40 Medical and Sezzle was up by about 12%. So those are some significant gains there in the small cap space. Peak Rare Earths, a discounted share placement to raise money. Is that right? Okay, and uh, well, I suppose the biggest lag ID, you can see in your screen, Mindax. Any idea what uh, Mindax nope. does? No, we always learn a few uh, different names, although impediment we, we learned about last week too. So um, yeah, <laughs> always fun getting this uh, mixed bag of lollies, but nevertheless, you can see the small cap leaders and laggards there. So Kyle, shall we pull the curtains on this Monday session, the yes. 1st of May, we've got uh, the local market. Um, yeah, finishing quite strong. We've got the S&P ASX 200 up by, uh, yeah, about three, close to four tenths of a percent. That is the beloved SIBO Australia index. And when I look at E-minis, uh, looking pretty solid at this stage, I guess. I mean, at least in positive territory for the S&P 500s. And we've got the NASDAQ E-minis up by about 18 points. Yeah, okay. So like we said, it's gonna be a quiet session tonight, relatively speaking, Europe. We'll keep an eye out for that US economic data overnight as well. But um, well, you can catch up on everything today on your platform and on the website, the best views and interviews. But join us tomorrow in the morning. We'll see you then. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.